You are listening to Our Urban Voices with Dr. Alphonse Javet, a podcast that presents Christian narratives through diverse voices that impact urban ministry. Here is your host. In this podcast, we cover everything from churches and church planting efforts, mission and missions organization evangelism, and unreached people groups, emerging movements and initiatives, justice, current events related to faith, and the persecuted church to author interviews, and more. Let's get to it. Today, we hear the conclusion of this Best of Heart for Muslims edition with Cade McCord. Cade McCord served in Afghanistan for nine years after the fall of the Taliban in the early 2000s. Last week, we heard about her friendships in Afghanistan, and we heard about the lives of Afghans before and after the fall of the Taliban. This week, Kate begins by comparing her return to the United States of America with her time in Afghanistan. Let's hear what Kate has to share. I came back to America, and I don't want to stay completely in Afghanistan because we're in New York City. I came back to America, and I discovered a whole nother set of stories. And the stories in America frightened me and offended me and wounded me and and continue to do so. We have a context of stories here, don't we? These stories are appearing in the news, they're appearing in the conversations we have with one another. Some of them are violent stories. Some of them are angry stories. Some of them are fearful stories. Now I went to Afghanistan and there genuinely were people who wanted to kidnap me and or kill me genuinely lived in serious danger. And somehow in that place, I could walk in God's love and God's peace. Now I'm back in America, and for me to get killed in some attack in America is like, the odds are very, very small, and yet I'm surrounded by people who are living in a narrative that's full of fear and anger, and they don't know what to do about it. But here's the thing. Jesus' story, remember I said Jesus has a story? (laughs) Jesus' story hasn't changed. Jesus looks at all of these faces, at all of these people, and still says, I love you. I want you. I'm calling you to me. Jesus' story remains the same, and I want to live Jesus' story. I want to breathe Jesus' story. I want to drink it into the very depths of my soul. And I want to respond to the invitation to bring his story to the people around me. His story, his truth. It starts in radical, radical love. It starts in sacrificial love, and it grows and grows. And this morning, uh, one of the questions was, is it just love? No, we share the story. We share the story in the context of love, but we share the story with the idea that, as, as I did with Val, that we are moving together toward God. We are on the road toward God. So when I came to Afghanistan, I realized that the story lived in a little mud brick house between me and Aziza. 
and in a taxi between me and a taxi driver, in a government office between me and a government office person. In America, I've discovered that the story actually lives in some different places, right? And when I think about where is the story, I have to think about social media. I have to think about uh, the news reports, the story that we are living in the context of the United States has its voice in so many broader places. And yet the story really lives in my heart. And it lives in your heart. And it lives in the heart of your neighbor down the street. And the story can only be changed one heart at a time. The other thing I realized when I came to America that I didn't quite catch in Afghanistan. See, in Afghanistan, we have Sunnis and Shiites, men and women, Hazaras, Pashtuns, Uzbeks. We have a wide range of, we have Sayyids, and they really know what the right thing is, because they're very close to the Prophet. But really, there's a lot of homogeneity in Afghanistan. But I came to America and I said, you know what? This is radically different. I approach the stories that I hear in America as a white, middle-aged, I suppose middle-class, Christian woman who has been to Afghanistan, who loves Afghans. So last week I was at my local library in the small town in which I live, and I was getting a book on peacemaking <laughs> amongst, between Muslims and Christians, which I thought was a really good idea. It was you know, one of those interlibrary loans. And the lady behind the, the desk handed it to me and she said, this is impossible, they all hate us. And I thought about Aziza. I said, she does not. <laughs> and others and others. I enter the story from the perspective of being this white middle-aged woman who's been, Christian woman who's been to Afghanistan. I meet people in America who are entering the story in a different place. Even, even this morning, now, so we've talked to someone who is from Yemen, uh, uh, now we've got this very white professor here from Eastern, sorry, that's you, guy, and he's a guy, he's a guy. Bangladesh, no, Bangladesh? India. India, India, we've got just people from all over the place, all different ages. We're all entering the story in a different place. Now in Afghanistan, I knew I had to come as a learner because I was an idiot. I was naive, I didn't have any language. Okay, I'd read books, but seriously, I knew nothing. And I knew I knew nothing. In America, people write me emails and they say, I have a Muslim friend, can you tell me how to talk to them? Well, no. Well, no, what should I serve them for dinner? Food. <laughs> I like this. What do they believe? Uh, ask them. Can I invite the woman and her husband to dinner? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Where are they from? <laughs> Why don't you ask them? Is this socially acceptable? We change the story one heart at a time because the story lives in an individual heart. And it's not just about can I invite someone for dinner or not, it's what do they think of Jesus? It's what if Jesus want to say to that person at this time? And in order to know that, we have to actually listen to people. 
I, I like listening to people. I like the stories that people share with me. I like getting to know people. I loved it that, that Aziza sat down and showed me her photo album. And, and by the way, I discovered that that is, that is just a thing women in Afghanistan do. I don't know if other women from other places in New York, do you do this? No, she says, no, I don't do this. Okay, they do it. I've also watched wedding videos, many, many wedding videos. In order, to, in order to change the story, though, the first thing I have to do is slip through the barrier that separates me from the person. Now, a lot of people in America, in my home church even, ugh, doing lousy on time, they said, oh, you know, you're in Afghanistan now, you know, you must be having all these wonderful relationships with Muslims. Well, let me tell you, the temptation in Afghanistan is to hide in your house. Don't think I'm kidding. It's safe-ish in my house. I remember um, going off to actually visit a, a friend of mine, a foreigner in Afghanistan. I was like on week two. And I knocked on my friend's gate, but it wasn't her gate. And a child, an Afghan child answered the gate, grabbed me and dragged me in as though I belonged there. I did not. I sat down and I had a conversation and tea with the mother of the house. This was hilarious. We talked for about 45 minutes. I drank her tea, I ate her treats. I did everything I could to share the gospel with her. We even looked at her Quran. I thought that was gonna, you know, we're gonna just... Okay. When I finally got to my friend's house, I found out that, first of all, the neighbor lady can't read her Quran because it's in Arabic, not her language, which I didn't know, because I was new. Did I mention I wasn't very knowledgeable when I got there? Second of all, I was learning the Dari language and that woman spoke Uzbek. We didn't stand a chance of understanding each other. <laughs> we have to slip through the walls that separate us. It's not enough just to be there living side by side. We actually have to step through the walls that separate us. There are so many ways to do this. Some more structured. I'm a fan of just randomly talking to people. I'm sure that surprises you, right? <laughs> they just walk up and talk to people. Although New York is a weird place to walk up and talk to people. <laughs> Chicago is great. I could talk to everyone in Chicago, not so much New York. Slipping through the wall, building real relationships. And, and it's not enough to just walk up and say, hi, who are you, so-and-so, that's nice. We need to get to know people as human beings. That's where Aziza's little booklet came in, that I actually talked to her. Now, how do we slip through these walls? There's a thousand and one ways. I ask people all the time, how are you doing it? In Afghanistan, we threw this Woman's Day party. It was so much fun. Has anyone celebrated International Woman's Day? Yes, thank you. It's like a communist thing or something, I don't know, but it was a reason for a party. So this is what we did. We ran around and we knocked on the doors of all, the gates of all the Afghan women we knew in our neighborhood and we invited them to a party. And we bought garland and food and more food and we borrowed 
mats for the floor and we borrowed thermoses. We, ha- we found a reason to spend time together and we trusted that as we spent the time together, we would enter one another's lives and share one another's lives together. There's something about being side by side that is so powerful doing something together. I, I was reading about a ministry where there, the local women from the local mosque and the women from the Lutheran church, God bless Lutherans, are running the local food bank. I'm like, yes, do it. To change the story, we have to enter people's lives. And the best ways the, the, is to enter people's lives are ways that give us unstructured partnership conversation. It's not me just teaching you or me being great. Now, I was an NGO worker in Afghanistan, so I really did have a lot of, of um, resources of value. You know, I could be up here, but my greatest, my best relationships were the ones where I entered somewhere down here someone in need, someone in curiosity, someone with a desire to learn. And I learned a lot in Afghanistan because my neighbors taught me. So now I'm in America and I walk up to people all the time who you know, speak with a slight accent or look a little different than me and I say something crazy like, where are your people from? I never ask them where they're from because they often say, New York. <laughs> Where's your family from historically? Where are they? I had a great conversation with this young guy from India down in Tennessee. (laughs) He was like six foot four, he was a giant. I was so impressed. Young guy, and so I I asked him where he was from, where his family was from, and he told me, he told me India, and we had a conversation about India, and he educated me on the geography just a little bit, just until I was lost. And uh, in the middle of the conversation, I said, where is your dear mother? Has it ever occurred to you to ask someone where their mother is? He immediately softened. He said, she's in India. I said, do you talk to her? Oh yes, I call her every week. I said, as well you should, young man. (laughs) Do you miss her? Yes. What does she desire for you? No, I'm not saying that that's the right train of conversation but that it becomes personal, that we engage personally, that we share personally, that we honor the fact that these people with whom we're talking have full lives, that we ourselves have full lives that we share with one another. We listen, we ask the second question and the third question, and the fourth question. And in the process, we ask Jesus, what do you want to share with this person? We're praying, I'm constantly talking to the person in front of me and praying, talking, praying, talking, praying. So my friend um, Aziza had a brother in Holland, has a brother in Holland, and he was struggling. So I put my little fingertips on his page, and and I, I spoke prayer over the brother. Then Aziza and I, when we prayed together, did you notice that? Aziza and I, when we prayed together. And I had other foreigners say, you can't pray with a Muslim. Why not? Why not? 
I, I, if, God, if God's not interested in listening to her, that's on God's side of the plate. And so we would pray together and I would come to her with my needs and I would say, my little sister is having some trouble in her marriage. Let's pray for our family. And she would pray for my favorite little kid sister and I would pray for her brother who was in Holland. We connected in that way. Remember, remember that we're, I'm so late. Remember that we're doing this. Remember that we're walking together, that we're always trying to walk together. Asking, Lord, what do you want to share here? Trusting him, trusting him to lead me. Asking God, what's the story? What's the word? You see, young people know it can't possibly be a formula, but the real reason it can't be a formula is because the formula that I have is not the formula that God has for the person who's in front of me. One time I tried to share the four spiritual laws in Afghanistan, and I did a fantastic job. Yes! (laughs) I practiced all the language, and I used teacups and things, It was perfect, and when I got all finished, they said, well, that was very interesting. Let's have some more tea. (laughs) So instead, the woman who wasn't interested in the four spiritual laws complained to me one day that her hip was bad, and so I I said, Jesus is a healer. He says, pray, can I pray for her hip? She said, okay. Then I said, now, and she said, now? (laughs) I said, yes, please. She said, sure, here's my language skills. You ready for my super powerful prayer? I kind of held my hand toward her hip, and I said, Lord Jesus, healer Jesus, please heal my friends, what's that called? Yeah, that, amen. That's the best I could do. About a month later, I was back at her house, and some lady, some Afghan lady, was complaining about something, and she hit her, and said, you need to get the foreigner to, to pray for you, because she prays to Jesus, and Jesus heals. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Hallelujah, hallelujah. So one day, I'm talking to Aziza, and she says, I, forget, I don't even remember what she said, but I thought about the story of the prodigal. So I told her the story about the prodigal and about the father, and you know, the boy, was, the boy was a bad boy. And I don't know if you know this, but for many Muslim families, bad boys do not earn dad's love. They are by definition outside of the realm of love. They are shame, shameful, they shame the family. So I tell her this story, and of course, every Muslim woman in Afghanistan experiences a heart-level shame. It's just a hard place to live. And, uh, and I tell her this story about the prodigal, and I get to the part about the father, you know, hiking up his skirt and running. Okay, men do not do that. And she wept. She wept because she saw the father's love. She said, do you mean God? And she, listen, I didn't make the map. I didn't say, now in this story, the father represents God the father. I just told her the story. And she said, God loves us that way? God loves us that way? God can forgive us, God can welcome us home? Now, I thought I was doing a great job of telling a great story, but Jesus was doing something else. And within weeks, that precious, beautiful woman prayed to commit her life to Christ. We changed the story. 
We changed the story of one another. We changed the story of ourselves. Because although I was incompetent in Afghanistan, when I went there, I felt pretty smart. I learned that I'm really not, and that's okay. We changed the story of one another. I had no idea when I got off the plane how much Afghan women would give me, how much their love would surround me, how much their truth would minister to my soul, how much I would learn and grow from them. Aziza's story of herself changed from a woman created for rockets and bombs and war and denigration. Afghanistan was a war zone, not all Muslim countries are. To a woman created by the God of the universe who loves her profoundly and completely. To a woman who has plans and purposes and promises for her life. Her story changed. Her story of Jesus changed. Her story of me changed. The only story that didn't change was Jesus' story of her. Jesus' story of me. For me, changing the story means entering Jesus' story and inviting his story to speak to me and to speak to the one with whom I'm speaking. To know that as we enter Jesus' story, we find life, abundant, rich, deep, full, joy-filled life. And that's what matters. That's what matters. For me to go out to Afghanistan, you know, there are people back home who said, you're out of your mind. I really thought I was doing a pretty good thing. Coming back from Afghanistan, having lost so much, I still look back on it all and I say, oh, thank you, God, because I have known you and seen you and experienced you in the lives, in, in my own very difficult situation and in the difficult and beautiful situations of the people around me. My world has become bejeweled bright, shiny, full of magnificent, beautiful human beings because I've entered God's story, a story that never changes, a story that says that each one of you here and every person God has put in your life is absolutely and eternally precious and beautiful to the God of the universe. That's the way I want to live. I hope that as you continue in this, in this conference, I hope that you are able to even more deeply experience the profound love that God has for you personally and the love he's put in your hands to share with others. Thank you. With that, we conclude the Best of Heart for Muslims edition with Kate McCord, who was called to Afghanistan after the fall of uh, the Taliban in the early 2000s. If you have found this episode or our podcast helpful or informative, we appreciate honest five-star reviews. 
to help others find this podcast. You can also send us feedback or topic requests at oururbanvoices at gmail.com. You've been listening to Our Urban Voices with Dr. Alphonse Javed, which presents Christian narratives through diverse voices that impact urban ministry. Please check back for new episodes every week.